You're tuning into the podcast series, We Talk Cyber with Monica, your platform for engaging discussions and expert opinions on all things cyber. For more information, check out monicatalkcyber.com and let's hop right into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of We Talk Cyber. This is your host, Monica, and today we have a very interesting guest. And we were talking about a topic that I believe is probably the most critical topic in cybersecurity industry, which is talent. So I'll give a chance for my guest to introduce herself today. Yes. Hi. Hi, Deidre. Hi. This is uh, Deidre Diamond, CyberSN, and also I'm the founder and CEO of SecureDiversity.org. It's great to be with you. It's lovely to have you, Deidre. Um, tell me something about yourself. How did you get into uh, talent acquisition and hiring and looking for talents in cybersecurity field? Yeah, absolutely. I majored in college in sociology and criminal justice. Thought I was going to be a criminal attorney and then realized I didn't want to be a part of the system uh, and went looking uh, for guidance. And I had a special a career uh, counselor that said, you need to be in sales and management. So I answered a little ad in the paper that said, can you think on your feet? And I thought, yep, I can think on my feet. And uh, I got hired to, to uh, working for two serial entrepreneurs for 21 years. Yeah, uh, over three different companies. And the first company was staffing IT and software. And I spent 13 years doing that before I was asked to take that model of staffing and put it into software sales at Rapid7. Right. And, and that's when I got exposed to the cyber community. Security, right? And mm. I fell in love with the community. I love the personalities in that they're social servants like me. I mean, that's why I majored in sociology and criminal justice. I really wanted to help protect, defend. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I thought when it was time for me to found my own company, I thought, you know what? I love those cyber folks and I love helping in the talent acquisition space. It's a very mm-hmm. critical space into our own, you know, mental uh, psyches is really affected by our jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought I want to service them. And that was almost six years ago, this September when I founded CyberSN. It's so wonderful to have a talented person like you who understands psychology, helping the cybersecurity industry and community. I mean, I think there are no less words to say that how thankful we are to have you on board in our community, to be very honest. And um, talking about cybersecurity talent, let's jump, jump right into it. Do we actually have a shortage of talent? And if you do, why? What are the main reasons? Yeah, it's interesting when that question gets asked for a really good reason. And it gets asked because professionals like yourself say, wait a minute, I'm being told we're short 2 million people worldwide. And yet when I go job search, I can't find anything that matches me. Uh, And so how are we short people? And so uh, it's uh, the same thing happened to me when I founded CyberSN. And what I can tell you is this. We uh, definitely are short talent that has experience. Mm-hmm. And um, we're short with that because we don't have this sort of an onboarding process for entry level. Right. Uh, the, the government did that very well, which is where we got all our original resources. And yet right. it's, not, it's not enough. Corporate America hasn't joined in the you know, support of succession planning, the support right. of apprenticeship. And, uh, and so what ends up happening is between that and how 
um, diverse cybersecurity skills are. You mm-hmm. know, an engineer could be 10 different profiles, let's right. say. Uh, right. or an analyst. And so between the, the the fact that we all want the experienced talent and we can't match the talent because we don't, you know, most recruiters don't speak cybersecurity. Most organizations don't know how to really look at what they need to hire even. Or what are they actually looking for, right? They don't understand yeah. what they're really looking for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so between that complication of the digital era of job searching, which is a complete mess, right. uh, you know, we can't, it's a complete mess. Uh, between that and we don't have the sort of the entry level plan and budget and dollars to really support, it right. feels as if we don't need people, <laughs> you know, to right. those that are out there. But we definitely do. And, you know, experience is really, you know, a minimum of like a three year shot uh, of, of yeah. time in the business to be, you know, sort of deemed experience. And it could be up to five, you know, if we don't have this succession planning, we can't fill the gap. You know? Exactly. I mean, talking about entry level, because when I was studying and was looking into, because I actually got interested in cybersecurity way early in my age, I was interested in technology when I was already young. And I knew I started like programming and networking already in school. And, but, but, when I got interested in cybersecurity, the courses that were available were mostly in terms of cryptography and theory and doing all these things and studying all these things, which is critical to understand a lot of stuff and the, and the backbone. But there were not many courses, at least at that time, that would give me an insight into what information security really is or cybersecurity really is. So what I did at least was I just followed Jeremiah Grossman, what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I literally based my entire master thesis on web application security and taxonomy for attacker-centric modeling for web application security because I was so impressed by him, what he was doing. And I feel like a lot of this entry-level positions that are asking for a lot of experience, it's always difficult because, I mean, you need yeah. to work somewhere to get that experience. How It's always like this chicken-egg problem, right? How can you expect, right? And then you need to also provide the platform. And I believe that these platforms should come both from the university and from the industry. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. How do we, how do we do that? How do we nurture? We have to have hands-on training as education. It has to be. And, you know, luckily not-for-profits and government, you know, funded grants have created, you know, sort of those cyber war ranges and we're getting more of those in all cities, but we still don't have enough. It is not enough to be certification smart or book smart and to show up and be valuable. Right. It's just not. It doesn't help the seniors. In fact, you know, to delegate work actually requires more time. Yeah. So if we're going to delegate to people that don't have even the initial experience of what is a sim, you know, or absolutely, uh, what does it look like? Not what is it? What is it? What does it look like to work within it? You know, then we're not going to be able to onboard quickly. So that that is a big problem, and 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 really, it's just dollars. You know, corporations. If you think about how new cybersecurity is to corporate to private right. corporations, they're still trying to catch up with the cost. And where does it end? Uh, in their heads. How does it, who does it ever end? And I liken it to, cause you know, I started in January of 94 in the IT business and, mm-hmm. 
everybody had one IT person <laughs> and, that, and that one IT person was under the table, you know, doing cables, working the phone systems, you know, and as well as maybe, I mean, we didn't have computers for sure, mm -hmm. uh, some other things. And so security is kind of in that place where one person doing three or four jobs, difficult to get budgets to give them support and relief. And that's also why we're seeing the experienced professionals move jobs every 18 months or so because they're looking for that place that is going to have the succession mm. planning story and and certainly that's my clients are those people so that's how i you know if you don't have a story Watch. that i can sell on on succession planning and retention then i'm not i can't recruit for you because i'm just taking people from the reason they're leaving is that so they're not going to leave unless Watch. you have that or unless they're in some you know situation that, that is 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 pretty bad uh, so, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty complicated. Right. And also when you're hiring, I think one needs to really already start thinking of retaining and retention plan. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of the times when you hire, and I've experienced that myself as well, when I'm hiring people, I already think in my mind, okay, this is going to increase my work at least in the beginning. Because yeah. it's not that you can just delegate right away and you kind of need to ensure the person coming in has the right coach or mentor, whether it's you or somebody else or a combination, but some good onboarding plan needs to be in place because if you have not thought that far, then you've just been like, okay, we're going to hire, but I haven't thought ahead. And then obviously you don't know what, what is the plan that's ahead for that person as well. Obviously, it takes time to develop that, but if you've not given it any thought and not any time either, then it makes it very difficult. Yeah. So what are the challenges other than that that organizations face in terms of retaining talent? It's exactly the, the one word opportunity. You know, so right. I'm with you. I tell everybody, what, how are you going to grow this person? What's their future look like with you? And even if you really say, I can only see two years down the road, but here's what I can get you in experience with, with for the next two years, one must be in that conversation. You know, we must be saying, here's how I see us growing and developing you. And I think that something that can help and I, uh, is, is, and I know that I had to have this in order to do it for myself, not only my own cyber team, which I have, and they're rock stars and amazing people, but of mm -hmm. course I service the industry. But really, I created something years ago. It's now 35 uh, job categories and, uh, of cybersecurity and 112 titles to um, really create, uh, you know, sort of an org chart around tasks and projects, which is really opportunity. You know, what, what is right. opportunity other than projects and tasks that we can get our hands on that are, that are advancing our skill set, that are growing our mind. Yeah. And I've just made it free to everybody at Black Hat in August to say, Hey, come create your job descriptions, create the right. future job descriptions, like really in, in tasks and projects that are common language, cybersecurity, you know, focus. So that you can really illustrate to not just right. the person you're hiring. That's the easy part. You've got to illustrate it to your organization. You've got to mm -hmm. illustrate how and what you need in order to, to build a practice that's going to be successful, cost effective so that you're not losing talent. I mean, losing mm -hmm. talent every 18 months, that is so expensive. It's like you spent the time getting the person to understand your environment, your technologies. It's not, no SIMs are the same. No implementations are the same. No applications, you know, like, so, That's so correct. all that, 
all that time is lost. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that's where it's just like people need to really think about the cost of not having succession planning is actually greater than investing in some juniors. And especially today, for instance, where there's, there's not for profit programs. I have one, you know, or you hire contractors that come from, um, you know, underserved, uh, humans mm-hmm. for many different reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. They're underserved and they've been trained in some, uh, you know, analyst work or GRC work or, uh, and, or vulnerability work and, and, and people can get them at $45 an hour through that right. program. And that's good for those people is good for the company, but you mm-hmm. know, still that's cheaper than replacing your security and, you know, folks right. regularly. And if you think of the different characteristics, because I mean, we're talking a bit about experience, right? How would we give people the opportunity for them to grow their experience? Where do you put passion and talent in that? Because there are people obviously who don't have experience, but have ample amount of passion and and they learn fast. I've seen a lot of people in cybersecurity industry that are not bound to just experience but they're doing so much because they're so passionate about it and i believe that plays at least in today's era it plays quite a big role how do you put that into the whole picture and how do you believe or recommend organizations should put that in the picture when they're thinking of hiring talent yeah it's it's major you know we all can feel from somebody if they're interested in the job you know you can feel it and if they're interested then most likely they can do it do you know what I mean? So, so I, I tell employers all the time that you, you, got, you know, to find passion means that the job you have has to be interesting to the person. It's not right. fair to be like, oh, I talk, I'm, the person doesn't have passion. Well, they don't have passion for whatever conversation you're having. So um, either your conversation needs to change or yeah, that person is not interested in your job. Let's look at passion as interest right. and let's recognize that There's different interests for folks. I firmly believe that if somebody has the interest in the job, they can most likely do it. So in my organization, I have people changing, you know, uh, cross functions. I have my head of our no more platform for jobs and profiles and such. He Mm -hmm. comes from my security team. He's now head of product. He was director. You know, it, it is really about what, you know, are they interested? And so, the only way you can really gauge interest is if you're talking about a job so specifically that the person can really see what it is, which again comes back to what are the projects, like details, what do you need done? What's the end results you're looking for? What, do you, what are the tasks you see mm-hmm. this person doing? And with that, we can judge passion. But to judge passion without that, to me, is a waste of time. A lot of people do that. I mean, people are nervous in interviews. You can't. Yeah. Which is you know, normal. it's mostly nervous. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. You know, we're, you and I aren't like that, but who cares? It doesn't mean that we're better or that, uh, you know, somebody else is worse in terms of passion uh, in an interview, unless it's really about the conversation, you know, and what is Absolutely. that? But then do I also hear that one of the ways one could solve this um, shortage of talent is to provide these cross-functional roles? Mm. Because, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned 35 categories, I can imagine. Yeah. And that's fantastic. I was thinking the other day, there's so many subfields and areas within cybersecurity 
how do you actually use them to your benefit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when I look at organizations that have been around a long time or, or, or let's say they're big, you find that people are around 5, mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 years. At the, mm-hmm. While in the tech industry, that seems to have gone out the window for maybe the average, you know, sort of masses. It hasn't for mm-hmm. leadership or what have you. This is really about you know, working within a company, growing within a company too, and being open to promoting from within first. You know, first look at who you've got and are they inspired to do something that's in another department? And if they are, you better take that seriously because that's right. value. That is serious value. It's value for, for, for the organization, of course, and the knowledge they'll bring versus somebody from brand new that doesn't even know the org. Who cares what they've done before? There's no comparison. And there's mm-hmm. also value for the human that works right. in that organization to feel like they truly have a home and a place that's taking care of them such that mental safety exists and humans do amazing things in that, you know. And this, this aspect is very true. You're talking about feeling as home because job is such a critical part of our lives. Today, you can't really separate them from your private life entirely. Yes, you can have work-life balance and you should have work-life balance, yep. but it does affect your life and having a happy home, even at work, is quite critical and essential for ensuring that you have um, better, more effective work environment, happier. right? Happier, happier absolutely. Lives. Happier lives. We spend more time working totally. That's why, absolutely. you know, I'm super inspired about this conversation because again, I worked for the same guys for 21 years across three different companies. They took me now that was their model too. I am right. not the only person I have definitely, you know, been, uh, you know, uh, around certainly a little bit higher of achievements, but there's hundreds of people, you know, potentially thousands, actually, what am I talking about? Who have went through that process of, right. This is your, this is a place where we're going to grow and develop together. And we're going to do lots of different companies, but certainly, you know, here's the one where you're, you know, we're targeting for you right now. And that concept can be done, uh, you know, for anybody really, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's, it's, um, it's really makes me sad to think about literally, um, a chief information security officer, for example, they are definitely leaving their jobs every 18 months in the United States. So imagine it takes at least a year, most of the time for them to find a job. They are, mm-hmm. they are affected with job searching, just like entry level super right. broken system. It's a bad system. So if they're leaving at 18 months and it takes a year to find sort of something that they're willing to go away to, that means they were starting to look at eight months in. Right. That means they're not happy. That means they were happy not be- before the eight months. But what do you think is the reason for that? Why is oh, it, the, why is this trend? The number one thing I see when I'm six years now, I'm the largest firm doing what I do. The thing that I see over and over again is that a, a leader in cybersecurity is told you can come build out what we need built out. And the whole right. conversation is about here's what we need and here's, and yes, here the budget. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You can hire those people. You're oh, going to be the super yes. person. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And then this they going to be your baby. Absolutely. And then they get in there and they're not given the money to fill their jobs. They're not given, they're given the head count. 
but what is headcount going to do in a marketplace where you have to go dig to find these people? Your recruiters can't match them. So if you don't get to use outside resources, like, like right. us, you're not filling those jobs. Are you serious? Right. You know, so, so classic is literally not giving the budget to be successful. And then right. the other piece is really, it's, it's really disheartening that, you know, they're told they care about security and you know, what, what, what's the worst thing for a CISO or CSO that they're going to a compliance shop, right? Yes. Uh, and I so, can, I can say that, that, that yeah. is definitely the nightmare. And then they're told, no, 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 this is all. And, and then as soon as they get there, obstacle after obstacle, department after department that's not on the same page is not going to let security be at the forefront. And it's like, what a joke, you know, how awful. So, you know, chief information security officers and everybody needs to really be using the interview to determine whether you want the job, whether testing the truth to the statements that you're receiving such that mm -hmm. things are in writing. Get it in writing that you get to use a staffing agency to fill your jobs. Get it in writing that security matters, you know, meaning like tell, be bold because otherwise it's just going to be the same thing. And that's what I right, see. Happening. Right. And I think yeah. that's a very good point that you, that you mentioned here because it's not just anymore about, a company finding a right fit, but also a person finding the right fit for what they wish to do, what they wish to achieve. And I think the interviews are actually bi-directional in a way. So what would be your tips to these amazing talents out there that are looking for and searching yeah. for jobs? What I tell everybody is interview to impress, interview to get them to want to hire you, but also interview them. That's the right. job. That's your job, which means you're, you know, you're smiling, you're, you're, you're always on time, you're engaging, you're, you, you come across as interested, you've done some, your research, never show up without that. When you show up with those things, you can be in the position to interview and ask questions and, right. and, and get the answers that you need. And, and is it delicate? Totally. Because you're you got recruiters in the middle who don't know what they're talking about <laughs> and you're trying to get past them so that you can get to the hiring manager. And right. so this is a, a bit of an, a, of a sales skill, if you will. Right. Um, and yet I've been saying this for a long time, gone are the days that there's sort of salespeople here and technology people here. It's like, we're all, it's time. We all have to be one. And then mm -hmm. we have our functions, you know? So you have to sell to the interest of you while you get the questions you, and never believe, you know, don't judge a job by the recruiter. You right. know, my, my firm, you can do that, you know, but, and you know, you're, you're talking about generalist recruiters. No way. Do not, uh, do not think that whatever job they're pitching you or talking to you about is the job. Your job is to impress them enough about whatever they're talking about so that you can get right. to that hiring manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, uh, I'm all about words. So, uh, words, words matter greatly. They start and end wars. Uh, so that's, that's a quote that I, uh, like to use to say, you know, if they can start and end wars, they can start and end happiness. Uh, our words really matter. Thank you so much. Jerry. It was amazing and lovely having you over today at the podcast episode. And I think talent is definitely one of the critical, critical issues that we are dealing with in the industry, in the community. And 
if you don't have the right people, definitely. I mean, security really actually starts and ends with people, even though we talk about technology and we talk about a lot of processes and all these things. And we really need to focus on people as well. It was so amazing. And then we'll be signing off today. So this was today's episode of We Talk Cyber with your host, Monica. I'll be signing off. I'll be coming back with more episodes with fantastic guests and fantastic topics. That's it for today. Thank you. Take care and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in to We Talk Cyber with Monica. Do not forget to subscribe to We Talk Cyber in your favorite podcast app and YouTube channel, Monica Talk Cyber. Take care and continue tuning in.